High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. All right. Uh, well, uh, thanks to Marconi, we're able to talk to Dr. Kira Kelly uh, across the Atlantic for the Hook Health Checkup. And, of course, we take your medical queries. All you need to do is send me a text at 53106. Uh, for uh, 30 cents. Uh, Kerry Kelly represents the anti-Trump group in Ireland <laughs> and vote for Hillary no matter what. Um, uh, hello? Hook, I remember when you were in the Hillary camp too, so don't throw that one at me. Back right, in the day. Well. <laughs> yeah, well, it was back in the day. and I, I was in an Irish pub, which is slightly different. An Irish pub, in fact, inhabited by my other guest, Mr. Michael Graham. Hello, Michael. Now, Hello, how are you? I'm good. Now, I will you? say George looks very fit, and he's having his uh, traditional breakfast of a stack of pancakes and a stack <laughs> of ham and a stack of eggs. Right so now, well. uh, Dr. Kelly, yes. uh, Nurse Graham is staying with me for some of the queries. Some of these queries I feel I'm best uh, qualified to you, answer. All of these queries you feel you're best qualified now, to answer, George. Well, I, I, the listener says, I've recently been told of arthritis in both my feet. What's the best treatment? My feet swell and they can be very painful. There is no cure for arthritis. Isn't that so? Uh, alas, yes. In the main, there is no cure for arthritis, particularly if what they're talking about, and I think it probably is from that question, osteoarthritis, which is your wear and tear arthritis that happens with age and, and is accelerated by being overweight, I should point out. Um, what do you do? Listen, you, to a certain extent, you grin and bear it. You take paracetamol, you might take fish oils and you keep mobilising because movement is medicine for arthritis. You've got to keep moving and you try and keep your weight down because I'm not joking you and I'm not just being a doctor fascist here. Um, if you have to too much weight and pressure on your skeleton arthritis is accelerated in all your weight bearing joints which would be your feet and your knees and your hips and your lower back and all that stuff so so keep your weight down and, and keep moving well, you are right, and as you know, because you admire my body weekly, <laughs> um, I have I have lost I have lost weight you with have. the consequent improvement uh, in my knees and hips. Yeah, you do actually which feel are, it. Are true. Yeah, you do actually right. feel it. Now. I, I am astonished after the length of time we've been doing this segment that we're still getting this question. What causes itchy legs <laughs> after a shower? The, it's driving me mad. The, the listeners of High Noon must be the itchiest bunch of people <laughs> we have ever come across. Um, it's very simple what causes it. it the, the change in temperature, the hot shower or indeed a very cold shower stimulates your circulation in your skin. And what that does is, is if you have high levels of circulating histamine, uh, you will get itchy. So first of all, a coolish shower, a lukewarm, we might say, shower. I don't know what they'd say in America, maybe, but a lukewarm shower is better than a hot or a cold one for this. Uh, You do need to moisturise. And if you're someone who's prone to this itch, first of all, never scratch. Never, never scratch because you'll actually hurt your skin and just perpetuate the scratch itch cycle. Um, And take antihistamines. Take antihistamines on a daily basis if you have to. Stop the itch. you've left out the crucial thing. It's like, you're astonished. I don't know why we pay you so much money (laughs) for this. The big bucks. You've left out a crucial thing. You do not use soap. Ah, yes. And what I've done now, what I've done now is my good friends at Nivea, I must say Nivea saved my life. It's a big blue thing. I don't know what it's called, but it's a moisturiser. It's kind of soap shower thing. It's in a big blue kind of 
plastic bottle, and I've noticed a distinct advantage. Uh, you are right. Soap, is, soap makes you itch worse. Yeah, it dries your skin. Yeah, right. But I, I tell you this much. Also, in my role as marriage guidance counselor on yes. High Noon, yes. um, uh, my marriage has improved no end since I've said to Ingrid, would you mind scratching between my shoulder blades? I mean, it's it's made a fantastic that, that you improvement. Bo- both of you find that a, a pleasing thing, do you? Yes, we do. Okay, yes. good. Well, now, thank you I, for sharing. Next question, next question I'm not involved in. I have no idea what, what Zoe is on about. She says, what, about, what do you think of low-dose naltrexone for fatigue, food intolerance, depression, and general pain, the poor woman? Do you, know, do you know what I think of it? I think if somebody has fatigue, food intolerance, depression, and general pain, they have a basket of symptoms there, George, that no one tablet yeah. is necessarily going to fix. I think Zoe needs to go and talk to somebody because a lot of people attribute things like food intolerances and all these things to a lot of people are self-diagnosing, shall we say, with with all sorts of things. And I think she probably needs to talk to somebody. I think she probably needs to talk to somebody about her mood and about her anxiety levels and all that stuff. And I wouldn't just be pressing any kind of a green light on taking any pill here. Okay, I, I, Nurse I Graham has uh, Nurse an Graham? No, no, I have a question actually oh, for excellent. you because when you mentioned the allergies and the stuff, I ha- there's, there's research to back up my thesis, I believe, I want to okay. you, that the vast, the vast majority of people who think they have life-threatening food allergies and lifestyle threatening allergies do not. And as you know, the scratch test for food allergies is not very reliable. And Uh, I think it's part of the narcissism of contemporary (laughs) Western culture. I'm special. I can't eat gluten. I want the gluten-free, dairy-free pizza. It has a lot more to do with attitude than it has to do with medicine. I'm I'm not sure I would take quite the tone you do, Michael, but but you are correct in one thing. Many, many, many more people believe themselves to have allergies or intolerances than actually do. So we can... we can speculate as to why that might be, but you are correct that there are lots of people who think they have one, okay. but they don't. Now, um, I, the next one I know something about, believe it or not, um, from Martin. His daughter was diagnosed with Raynaud's disease. Now, quite surprising, my daughter uh, was very involved with the Raynaud's uh, disease charity. Yeah. And And this apparently is is where, like, if you wash your hands, for argument's sake, suddenly your hands are freezing. Isn't that right? Uh, Raynaud's, for for our listeners, is is a condition whereby the circulation to not just your hands, also your feet, but to your extremities is quite poor. So what you tend to have is extreme cold in your digits and in your yeah. hands and feet, uh, they'll go they'll go blue, they'll go purple, and they won't warm up. And it's it's more common in women, and and it is very common. Um, and well, now, my, yeah, it can be part of a daughter. bag of symptoms. It can be part of a general rheumatological condition, sort of a variety of things associated with it, or it can exist on its own. So you can have just the purely cold hands and feet and not have the All other right. associated but features. What what does Martin mean that would this lead to an irregular ECG? What does that mean? I, I, would it? No. That'd be an irregular heartbeat. Yeah, he's from an irregular heartbeat, and, and happily, no. Um, although, what I'm kind of guessing, and I'm and this is a shot in the dark for Martin. I'm kind of guessing this is a, a youngish woman. She has Raynaud's very ha- cold things. She's had an ECG, and she probably has one of those little irregularities that we do see uh, on ECGs that may be of no consequence at all. It's probably right. not linked, but I'm kind of guessing this may not be a, a big deal either. I, I suppose is what I'm saying. Um, but no, not necessarily. And loads of people have Raynaud's and don't even know they have it. Um, and you have to wear you okay. know in, insulated gloves and stuff. 
Now, this is something I never suffered from, but I can imagine if I did suffer from it, how appalling it would be. This listener has zero sex drive, even though the hormones hormones are normal, at 24. I mean, that must be terrible. I, 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 we have to bear in mind what time of the day it is, of course, as well, but, uh, but, um, I think this is an interesting one. I don't know if this, if this person who sent this question is a man or a woman. Woman. <laughs> woman. We don't know, I Michael. I can tell you it's a, I absolutely, I do know it's a woman. Okay. What I would say is, is if it's a woman, here's the thing. Women's sex drives tend to be um, predicated on how often they have sex. So what I mean by that is if they haven't had any sex or they're having very little sex, their sex drive goes down. Men don't really work that way. Men's, if they have less sex, they they tend to find themselves getting a bit of a buildup of a sex drive. So they're, they're the opposite. So sometimes what I would say to, to young women or women in general who, who, who say their sex drives are low is I say, well, just go and have sex anyway hunt, and you'll like it afterwards kind of idea. It'll, it'll follow through on, you know. You and ladies, I, I want to endorse this wholeheartedly, this treatment. <laughs> I 100%. And if you need any amateur oh. medical oh, aid in this area, oh my goodness, we should I move am off this M. question. Graham. My pro- the producers right. are looking at me going, I think we need to move off this question. Yeah, right. um, no, but if you're a man, a it's a bit different. And, and he, sa- he or she says this, it isn't psychological. I don't know about that at all. I think it's very hard to say it's not psychological. There are ways right. of, of, of testing that that I might not mention at this hour of the day on the radio, but I would suggest going and talking to to a GP about it because it is psychological. It's often psychological. Hormone- it's often his psychological. His or her hormones are coming up normal. I'm absolutely and 24. It's got to be psychological. But um, there's a few here like. Um, like Sean Limerick, because I want to answer them quickly. Okay. My mouth is dry every night when I wake up. Is this bad health? No, it isn't. Everybody's mouth is dry. No, when you wake up? Uh, isn't that why? It is if your mouth breathes. No, it stuff? is if you mouth breathe, George, which lots of people do exactly, if, if they're yeah. snorers or have sinus problems. I'd say right. look at your sinuses and that probably cure your mouth. Now, sciatica is a terrible thing, and the listener has difficulty sleeping. The doctor says nerve damage from various uh, surgeries. There's not a lot you can do for sciatica. But can I ask you, of which I had, it wasn't sciatica, but it was nerve damage. I got one of these long-term injections of uh, a painkiller, and it just kind of slow releases. That's an interesting thing. This person is is on a medication. They said they're on Lyrica, and it's making them feel... Whacked yeah. and, and it can do that. That is a tablet that certainly yeah. makes some people feel whacked. Um, what I about s- the injection? Thing? Yes, I, I think back to your doc and find out what other options you have. If you have nerve damage, you may end up on, an, on, on a pain management system like Lyrica to, 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 to manage that nerve pain. But there are other things, exactly as you say, George. There are injections, there are you know, long acting epidurals, there may even be epidurals, yeah. a, a role for other surgeries. And I'm not sort of saying that you should have yeah. surgery to fix surgery, but. I agree that, that, that drugs like, like those kind of okay. n- neuroactive drugs like, like Pregablin or like Lyrica that was almost, is a problem. That was, all right, that was almost a good answer. Thanks, <laughs> George. Uh, the, the, the good Not answer like you to is say something like let, that. Don't allow any doctor with a knife near your back. I actually do agree with that. I avoid all surgery unless you absolutely have to. And that's all a good right, rule now, of thumb. I'm going to be very serious now. Uh, My son has been diagnosed, Margaret says, with multiple benign brain tumours. 
any hope briefly? Uh, that's an awful question. And, and the truth is this, is Margaret, I'd love to offer you hope. And I think there is always hope and everyone has to find hope within themselves. But, but from the question you've asked us, I don't think we know enough to, to offer you anything other than our, 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 our sincere kind of uh, sympathy and support because there's nothing worse and nothing any parent dreads more than one of their children becoming sick. I, I don't know. There are definitely, I, I have had many patients, including young patients who have had surgery for, for, for brain tumours, both benign and malignant, and gone on and done very, very well. In this instance, with multiple ones, I don't know. And I think what you need to do is get yourself the best possible advice from your neurosurgeon and ask all the questions. Go in with a list of questions so that you can actually think in there because you'll be like a rabbit in the headlight in those kind of consultations. And we are thinking of you because it's terrible. Yeah, listener says, can the doctor give George advice about his constant sniffling on air? (laughs) Can anything be done for his grunting? Uh, (laughs) I would suggest a topical nasal steroid, George, but you probably knew I was going to say that. You know, Trump has the same problem in the debate, so it's constantly... (laughs) I actually think there is there is there is more than that in terms of parallels, Michael, between Hook and Trump. Do you not do you not think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, we're also getting advice to Graham to break the habit of a lifetime by talking about things he knows nothing about. <laughs> and for itchy legs, forget antihistamines. The listener says, take horse chestnut tablets every day. Uh, you can also consult the seventh son of a seventh son. Oh dear! Son. Oh dear! Yeah. All okay. Right. Or thanks, uh, George. Yeah, that works too. All right. Well, listen. The other thing is, before you go, someone has a pain in his back and he's thirty-four, and he's wondering: is he getting old or is it sinister? It's not sinister. He's getting old. The we're all getting old, George. The world has back pain. So just suck it up. Never complain about getting old. Just consider the alternative. I completely agree.